Hello, and welcome to Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. Today, we will be talking about goal setting and how to get the most out of therapy, especially around the DBT model. How do you set goals? How do you achieve them? How do you monitor them? So I hope you stay with us to talk all things DBT. Well, welcome back. And as we just stated, we are going to be talking about goal setting today. I'm sure some of you have tried it in the past and something has just not worked out well. What was it that you were trying to achieve? Were you trying to save money, plan for a trip, lose weight, track your food intake, or track your spending? What was it that you were trying to achieve in all of those tasks? Sometimes our goals are just too grander. They're too big. And sometimes they're just too small. And so it just doesn't feel like we've accomplished enough. So we're going to be discussing what are some things that get in the way and how we can use the DBT model to move some of those objects out of the way and continue to pursue our goal. Now, some of you have tried other ways to set goals, like I just said. What are some of those tools that you've used? The typical response I get is they've used the SMART acronym or the SMART model to try and set goals. This is a go-to, it's still very effective. A lot of organizations use it. A lot of individuals use it. And again, it's effective. It's also not a DBT skill. Now, the reason I highlight that is it's gonna have some pros and cons associated with it. Let's quickly run through the acronym SMART associated with the SMART goal. And I will also have resources around what we talk about today on our blog. So you're welcome to check that out as well. Let's begin with the S. The S stands for specific. This is where you really need to know what you're aiming for. Be very specific when talking about and describing the exact end goal that you're hoping for. I would like to purchase a new car in the next six months. I would like to save $500. M is for measurable. How are we measuring or how do we know that we're staying on track along the way? Um, A, A is a mixture of things. It can be attainable, achievable. I mean, it's, it's really, what you or whatever your situation is, uh, is best set up for. So either one attainable, achievable, um, are realistic. Um, we're not going to make a million dollars in two weeks. I'm so sorry. And T is for timely. Again, you might can make a million dollars if your timeline was maybe 10 years or fill in the blank, right? So that's a great starting place for when we're talking about goals. Again, when you Google any type of goal setting activity, that's going to be your primary one that comes up. And again, all well and good has its, um, its properties that work for different situations. What we're talking about in DBT are very specific behaviors. Now remember DBT is a behavioral change or behavioral modification theory, right? So it's based off of the concept that all behavior is caused 
It has a beginning. It has a place that we get to track it back to and say, why did I do fill in the blank? I find a lot of solace in that, knowing that I can track back what was happening. We're going to talk definitely in the next few podcasts about vulnerabilities and things that make us more prone to do behaviors that we don't really want to do in the first place. But back to goal setting, right? So in DBT, the main the main goal in DBT is to decrease certain behaviors. So these are behaviors that could be manipulative, it could be empty, impulse behaviors, you know, difficulty accepting reality, um, mood instability, loneliness, chaos, and totally unhealthy relationships. I'm sure none of us can relate to that anytime in our life, right? So it's really nice to know that this type of therapy has very specific goals. And you might have one of those as your goals, and you might have all of them as your goals. And that's fine. There's really no problem with that. Remember, we're asking six months to a year typically in DBT. And if you want to continue to grow in those, you might be in therapy a little longer, but don't let that overwhelm you. Okay. So increasing behaviors or behaviors we want to, again, have more of in order to achieve our goals would be, again, these are literally the four tenets of DBT, FYI. So it's to have effective interpersonal relationships. These are those healthy relationships. Um, Number two, have control over our emotions. Again, emotion regulation. How do I know where my emotions are coming from? How do I understand them? How do I control them? Um, Distress tolerance, number three. So this is your chaos situations or when distress happens. I'm sure we've all had minor distressing things to a bill that we unexpectedly got in the mail to um, something even more distressing, like getting fired from your job or being in a terrible accident or having a distressful relationship, right? So distress happens in all of our life. How do we deal with it when it happens? And how do I not have an anxiety or panic attack when that happens? And then of course, the very basic tenet is mindfulness. Again, mindfulness will be its own podcast, if not more, because it's so vital to the DBT process. But it's not just vital to DBT. It's also one of those just lifelong skills. I tell people whenever I experienced mindfulness for the first time, it was like having a sixth sense. Everything got brighter. Everything got just vibrant and I felt more plugged into the moment and I just didn't feel like I was just rushing rushing trying to think of what's going to happen next it just makes the moment better so mindfulness is another goal that we're going to have so those are your broad spectrum goals when we go to personalize those goals that's when it really gets interesting because it's not just like, Hey, this is DBT and we're going to push something on you that might not be effective. FYI, all these skills are effective. 
again, I'm a little bit of a DBT evangelist and all of these skills have their place, not to be too extreme. But if we go back to personalization of the, the goals, one thing I do first with my clients is I do just a very, um, I call it non-scientific values assessment. Okay. So we all have values. I think oftentimes we don't really know what those values are. Like if you sit there and think, Hey, what are some of my values? I'm sure there's some stuff that comes up and you start to go, well, is that a value? Or I don't know. Is that one? Well, it's important to me, but is it the most important? So that's what we do. We go through values and we look at your, your daily values, your ones throughout the week, um, that kind of wax and wane. And then we look for, for the ones that again, have had importance in your life, or you're wanting to have more of that in your life. For example, um, the biggest thing that we try to weed out are your top three values. So for instance, if we go through the list, fun and family and confidence might be some of your top three that are on a daily basis. Well, fun, fun is something that maybe you're not violating. And we'll get to that in a second. And you're able to introduce fun into your life. And then family is another one. It feels pretty, you know, present, you're doing things to honor that value, but you're not feeling so good in the confidence, but it's on your mind all the time. And it's something you're trying to constantly try to achieve, right? That is a beginning point of us figuring out a goal for you. Okay. So again, we do the values assessment first. I next then do something It's an activity. You can even Google it. I'll put it on my blog and it's called the DBT house. So this builds on our previous activity of not just our values, but figuring out again, who is the support people in my life or people who protect me? What are things that are hidden in my life, which is really interesting to kind of keep in the back of your mind. We'll get to that in a second because there's guilt, shame and remorse that live there. And then we talk about how are you currently blowing off steam? What are ways that you do so? Um, what are some things that you want people to be proud of? Things that you want people to know about you. Remember DBT is not just about change. It's about acceptance and building on the things that are already working. Okay. Um, we're also looking for things that again, you want to gain control over, or you want to experience more healthier in your life, things that you don't want to feel worried about, right? So it's really exciting when we do this activity and we go through and we, re we review it together because we can usually pull out about four main goals that the client is ready to work on. Now, if trauma is one of those goals, it's usually going to be at the end of skills training. And while some of you are just so excited, not really to work on trauma, we have to do stabilization first. What is stabilization? Well, stabilization is knowing how am I going to deal with things that get thrown at me? For instance, if I walk in and on the second session, I start talking about everything traumatic that's happened in my life. And I walk out of there. I've just done this emotional 
dump, excuse my language, but it's true. And now I have an emotional hangover that I have to now nurse for the next, I don't know, seven days before our next appointment. And how am I coping with that throughout the week? Well, we've got to have those skills, that safety net to help us whenever we're getting through and between sessions. So we've got to develop, we've got to have support systems. We've got to have our own skills in place. We've got to figure out how do I know my emotions are even valid at this moment and figure those things out first before I dive into trauma. So some of you, that might not be the right fit for you and you're ready to talk about trauma today. That's where I would seek out a possible EMDR, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing therapist. Those therapists are highly trained to deal with trauma very quickly. Now, I will say, and I say this to most people, EMDR is not a magic wand, as nor is any therapy out there is a magic wand for taking away any of your pain. We have to learn with the residual emotions that come and how do I you know, process those or deal with those on a daily basis. So remember, EMDR is great. Where are you fitting in at in, in the therapeutic process is up to you. But remember, knowing your emotions, dealing with those, having healthy relationships, those are just as important. And that's what Marsha Linehan, why she developed the program the way she did. And going through and getting that stabilization first before we deal with trauma. I know everyone's like, but trauma's why I make these bad decisions. All right. So if we keep living in the past, then we're not able to deal with what's happening right now. And while I'm not invalidating what has happened in the past, I want to have some sort of comfort or security or something. Even we talk about pleasant activities, something to balance out that I am actually able to move forward and gain some traction before I go back and deal with something that was really hard. I know it sounds confusing, but that's the kind of difference that DBT, that's how they present it. So when we're dealing with changing behaviors, like let's say for instance, I wanna save uh, $10,000 for a car, right? Well, that's a lot of money and I really need to make sure that I've got my goals in place, right? So if I go back and look at my values, right? And I talk about how can I increase some of my values to now include this financing as one of the primaries and decrease something that might be problematic, then I'm able to apply these skills and kind of see where I might be having some sort of issue. What is holding me up? That's the interesting piece also along with DBT. We start to try out some of these things already. And when we start to come to like a pinch point or where I just don't feel like I'm moving forward or I feel like, again, that stuckedness that I use often. I know it's not a real word, but I love it. So just feeling stuck, right? Um, I use something called a behavior chain analysis. Ooh, it's a big long word for it's this giant overanalyzation of your behaviors. 
and what behavior you want to change. Oftentimes we use it in problematic behaviors because oftentimes when we find out that someone might be self-harming or having suicidal thoughts or fill in the blank, right? A really dangerous behavior, they can't, the emotionality is so high, they can't see why they're doing it. And so we take a highly non-judgmental approach and we just lean so much on the facts, like what is happening? Where are you at? Um, my supervisor, my past supervisor said, you want to spend almost the full hour on this. Like this should not be a quick process. Just fill out a worksheet. You want to feel like you're almost in the room with the person and figuring out how did we really get into that mindset that this was our only option, right? So it's pretty, pretty intense at times. It's also really amazing because we start to pull out reasons why we engaged in the behavior in the first place or what was the benefit of the behavior. I know sounds weird when we think of like problematic behavior having benefits, but remember you wouldn't do this behavior unless it had some sort of benefit or met some sort of need. So it's important to realize what those needs are and how do we possibly meet them another way. So this is a lot about goal setting and I really feel like it's an important piece at the beginning of therapy. And as I continue to be a therapist, I coach people through that it's so vital that we take those beginning sessions and really pour into like, why is DBT different? And why is this therapy not just normal talk therapy? So that we can gain traction, so we can gain some real skills and be able to take them and move forward. Again, six months to a year may sound like a lot to you, but it really is one of the most beneficial things. Think of the last thing you did for six months to a year and what the benefit was at the end of it. And I, I do hope that at the end of it, you came out and you said, oh my gosh, Look at all of what I've achieved, and it definitely increased your self-esteem, gave you more knowledge of yourself, and gave you healthier relationships, hopefully, right? So that's goal setting. It's a lot, but remember, this is what I typically do, hopefully get to typically do within the fourth session with most of my clients. And some of my clients are for the DBT skills and excited about it. But I really want you to realize that the ones who commit are the ones who change. The ones who really want something different. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of having these kind of relationships. These are the ones that something's different. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help coach and lead and guide you through this process. I'm also in it with you. That's, again, the beauty of DBT. I'm in it with you. And you have someone so you're not alone. We're teaching healthy relationships at the same time. Well, again, thank you for joining me today. Today was a little different, and I appreciate you sticking with me. If you have any questions about DBT or what we've talked about thus far, you're welcome to find me on our website at findingmiddlepath.com, or you can also find me on social media at findingmiddlepath. 
So remember today is not a replacement for therapy and I do want you to get plugged into a therapist in your area. If not, you can also find some wonderful resources online. Thank you again for joining us. I do hope you subscribe so you know that we have a podcast available and I'll join you next time for all things DBT.